Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. We're happy to be joined by Jared Diamond. He's a national baseball writer for the Wall Street Journal. And earlier this week, he wrote extensively about Major League Baseball's 67-page playbook for COVID protocols. Jared, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're doing well. So let's start with those protocols, Jared. What stood out to you about them kind of in a 10,000-foot view perspective of it? And how realistic do you think it is that they're actually able to go through with those? Two two big takeaways from going over that full document, which I did over the weekend. One is, oh, my goodness, this is extremely thorough. You know, I've been hard on Major League Baseball about plenty of things uh, over the years and over the last couple of months especially, but no one could fault them for the amount of thought and care that went into this document. They clearly recognized the importance of doing this right and uh, went incredibly granular and deep to come up with a plan that uh, theoretically is viable to play baseball during a pandemic. However, uh, the other takeaway from reading it is, oh, my God, this is going to be so hard to actually do. Not by anyone's fault, not because MLB is doing something wrong, just because there's so many ways this could be derailed. It requires so much cooperation from so many people for a very long time without anybody slipping up or you know sneaking out of a hotel room when they're on the road or logging on to Tinder <laughs> at night, as baseball players are wont to do occasionally. Uh, it's a lot of buy-in from a lot of people for a very long time, and uh, I see why players might go, I don't know if this is worth it. Now, looking at this proposal, and the one thing we just finished talking about here in the studio right before we got to you, Jared, was uh, my question was, why is baseball, and we think it's the players, but why is baseball so focused on having it in each and every city rather than the hub city model that other sports are talking about right now. I just don't know, is it realistic to handle all of these steps that baseball wants to implement and at the same time leave everybody alone in their cities? Yeah, the Arizona plan, which was obviously one of the first ideas that baseball had, uh, I wouldn't say it's completely dead. There's still a world where it kind of gets revived, but it's very much on the back burner, and there are, there are a few reasons for that. One is that they were just never, never able to get past the weather issue. Uh, that, I know it sounds silly, but they, they couldn't really come up with a solution to that. The fact that it's about 6,000 degrees in Arizona in the summer. Uh, yeah, you could play at night, but you're not playing games at night with teams on the East Coast when this is going to be exclusively a TV product. 
and put these games on at 11 p.m. Eastern time. It just makes no sense. So that was a big issue. Players weren't thrilled about the idea of being quarantined away from their families for months. You mentioned the NBA, for instance. I think it's a much easier ask of NBA players that you have to do this for one month. It's going to be not even all the teams, right? We're talking about a playoff where you're using 16 teams, and a week later you have half as many and then half as many. The, the pool is getting much, much smaller. The players are there for the longest time. get to play in the finals as a reward. It's a much easier sell than if they do this for four months straight. Uh, and then the other issue was the TV networks uh, had some issues with the idea. They're saying this is exclusively a TV product. We want to make sure that uh, we could put together the best TV show as possible. And spring training facilities don't necessarily have all uh, that's required for sort of an ideal TV-only product. So put that all together, and it sort of derailed that idea. We're talking with Jared Diamond. He's a national baseball writer for the Wall Street Journal. He wrote extensively about the uh, 67-page playbook for COVID protocols earlier this week. And you can find him on Twitter, at Jared Diamond. All right, Jared, so one thing that I've been fascinated with over the last week or so is Major League Baseball owners appear to be trying to convince all of us that they would actually lose money by playing baseball this year. And there's a story right now from ESPN.com with a Major League Baseball official who said, quote, it's in no one's interest to play this year except for the game of baseball. The long-term health of the game is at stake here. But they, again, appear to be trying to convince us that they would lose money by doing so. Are you believing that? Because I, I refuse to believe that they will lose money by playing 82 games this year. Well, the players' union agrees with you. They certainly don't believe that Major League Baseball will lose money, and that's why they, they've made a very extensive information request uh, asking the league to prove that it would lose money. Uh, you know, I, we haven't seen their book. The, I'm sure baseball will never fully open their books to the extent that would be required for us to know for sure. Look, there's no doubt they're going to take a big haircut, no matter what. Uh, now, do I believe they would lose money? And they would they would they sort of lose more money by not playing than playing? No, I guess I would say I'm skeptical of that. I, I think everybody is. You know, there's a lot of revenue that baseball teams make that you know, they're sort of able to say, well, this isn't really baseball related revenue, but it's still money the teams make. Like the team, their TV networks are a big thing, right? Teams that own their own TV networks tend to not sort of count that money into their overall like, league and team revenue. It's a lot of funny accounting. So uh, I don't know, but I do know that we've heard a lot about, well, it's in the best interest of the country for baseball to play, and shouldn't it be the player's sort of patriotic duty to go out there and play during this time of crisis? Well, I think that same standard does apply to the, to the teams and the owners. If it's such an important sort of emotional moment for the United States for baseball to be played, everybody should probably be sharing in that burden. Now, Jared, going back to the the opening of the books and the revenues and, and what's baseball-related, what isn't, I keep listening to the arguments from the players and certainly a lot of different opinions from various baseball people and insiders. And when I heard Tony Clark say that a 50-50 revenue split was a non-starter, I kind of scratched my head a little bit wondering why he would say that knowing full well, like we just talked about, that there's probably a lot of revenues out there that could be baseball related and the players might actually benefit from a 50-50 split. Are you feeling that way at all? Well, there's a few reasons why that was seen as a non-starter for the union. Uh, First of all, you mentioned some of these other revenues that they could end up making more money if they agreed to the split. 
The issue with that, to me, is that you see this in other sports that have revenue splits where there's a constant argument over what constitutes league revenue. And you see every in every sport, other sports, the team, the owners are, are trying to sort of hide revenue and get it past auditors and prove to auditors that this isn't part of what we could share. And, base, and baseball players have no interest in, in ending up in that situation because more, like, more often than not, the owners seem to win those arguments. The other issue, though, is it's less about the amount of money they make this year. Uh, while for the players, it's more about what this means for the future and the precedent this sets. And remember that there's collective bargaining uh, agreement negotiations that start very soon. The current CBA expires after 2021. And both sides want to present strength. They want to present uh, sort of an image that they're not going to back down. And the players believe that they're giving an inch on this, uh, giving an inch on what is their greatest victory for decades, which is there is no salary cap. There is no restriction on spending in baseball other than the free market. To give an inch on that is a very bad idea leading into what's going to be a very contentious CBA negotiation. Uh, they view that as sort of the, a, the non-negotiable part of their position, that we've never had a salary cap. It is what we stand for as a union. It is what, why we are the envy of every other sports union. And we're not going to let you sort of take that away from us now in this time of crisis because Major League Baseball is certainly not above using this crisis and sort of get what it wants uh, in other areas. We've already seen that with things like the draft and the minor leagues where things they kind of wanted to do and have not been able to actually implement it. Well, suddenly with this crisis, they've been able to sort of sneak it in there. Final question that I have for Jared Diamond. He's a national baseball writer for the Wall Street Journal. He's joining us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Jared, as we look forward here, and this is something that I've tried to ask all of our baseball guests that we have on, how significant do you think that this situation is going to be in the offseason when we see these teams kind of looking at their payrolls for 2021? And if you can, localize it here for the Cardinals. They're a team that relies heavily on 40,000 people going through the gates each and every week. How much do you think this could potentially affect the St. Louis Cardinals in particular? It's Absolutely going to affect every team. Cardinals especially have some of the bigger market teams that draw well, uh, have good attendance. It's going to affect them dramatically, and it's certainly going to have an effect on future free agency. I don't think there's any way it doesn't. I, I, I'm not saying that it's going to, this is the end of sort of the mega contract. I'm sure Mookie Betts is still going to get pretty good money when he heads the free agency next year, but I think certainly you're going to see every team sort of pull back a little bit. Uh, it's just the world right now. Everybody in every job is, is looking for ways to cut, have to pull back. Baseball teams are going to be no different. So the next couple of years are going to be really interesting. I think it's also sort of why you see the players so aggressively fighting for their salaries now, because while I'm sure they wouldn't admit this publicly, uh, I'm sure the players union recognizes that these next couple of years after this in free agency might not be uh, uh, quite what they're accustomed to or would hope for. Jared, we got about 30 seconds left here. Do you think we're going to be playing baseball on the 4th of July? If I had to say yes or no, I'd say yes. I don't think these two sides are dumb enough to let money stop them from playing. It would be suicidal for the industry, and I think ultimately they both realize that. He's Jared Diamond. He's a national baseball writer for the Wall Street Journal. He joined us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. By the way, he's the author of Swing Kings, the inside story of baseball's home run revolution. If you want to get a copy of that, you can go to his Twitter account, at Jared Diamond. Jared, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today.
Thanks, guys. Absolutely. That's Jared Diamond joining us here on the show. Want to get to his comment about the payroll situation. We'll get to that coming up here in just about 15 minutes. But questions and answers is next. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. We'll get to your questions next on 101 ESPN.